The views expressed in our Chop Talk podcast are those of the individual participants only and do not necessarily express the views of the Lambda Chi Alpha fraternity or its chapters or members. Our Chop Talk podcasts are intended to be as open and honest with our members as possible, but we acknowledge that certain topics may be sensitive, graphic, or emotionally challenging. Please use your own discretion to avoid any material that you may find potentially painful or difficult. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Mike. How's it going? I, you know, I'm doing okay. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. How are you? You know what? I, I'm actually doing... Sp- Fantastic. Good. We have a good podcast. We have some amazing guests today. We do. Um, and so I, I, I like to talk about it, but did you see what Jaron was wearing this morning? You know, I think I missed it, but y- you want to tell our listeners? Yeah. So he was wearing this like green hoodie that says, make sure your friends are okay. And I yeah. I was trying to think about what that really meant. And and once again, Jaron's always on theme. We're yes. talking about mental health today and, and, and relationships and, and really how you how you have the, those genuine, authentic mm-hmm. relationships. And so, Jaron, props to you again for always <laughs> trying to stay on track with with what we're talking about. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So I think that, you know, this is going to be a great conversation about mm-hmm. mental health. Um, I do want to have just a little disclaimer that we we do bring up some some tough topics to yeah. talk about. Um, but I think it's it's a, going to be a great, vulnerable conversation. Um, and we are so excited to have um, two great guests with us. So, you know, let's get into it. Let's do it. So Taylor, we have a great discussion today. We do. We We do. do. Um, so this is one that I'm really excited about, um, because coming up May is mental health awareness month. Mm -hmm. So we have got a great few guests with us. Um, so first of all, we have Dr. Fred Cam, um, and Dr. Cam is a physician and holds a Bachelor of Science in Chemistry and graduated with his medical degree from the University of Miami in 1986. He has more than more than 33 years of experience in medical service delivery, both at the University of Miami and Auburn University. Dr. Cam was chosen by his peers as one of the best doctors in America, and he is in who's who in medicine and healthcare. Uh, he is also a member of Alpha Omega Alpha, Alpha Epsilon Delta, Mortarboard, Omicron Delta Kappa, and Iron Arrow Honor Societies. He served as president of his medical school class, was voted as the best house staff member of the year in 1988, and received the coveted Eric Rice Award for Outstanding Teaching. He is also a recipient of the Algernon Sidney Sullivan Award in 2012, and he currently holds professorships at Auburn in the Department of Political Science, School of Nursing, and the School of Pharmacy. So welcome, Dr. Cam. Thank you so much welcome. for being here. Great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And our other guest is Taylor Krivis. Um, He is one of our fellow staff members at he the is. Office of Administration. He is a curriculum coordinator in learning outcomes and does a fantastic job, uh, you know, making our programs, making sure our men are set up for success. Um, so it's a pleasure to have you here, too, as well, Taylor. Thank you for having me. I'm hyped to be here. Yes. All right. So I thought that this conversation, we could start off, you know, since it is Mental Health Awareness Month coming up, um, why is mental health so important to talk about? I think that's a good question to ask. And I think it kind of really starts off the topic well. And and I guess, Dr. Cam, I, I think I'd, I'd love to start with you on this and, and then we can kind of start chiming in. But um being a physician, you're, you're running the clinic at Auburn University, so I know you have a, a busy day today, but what are you seeing with mental health and students, and, and why is it important to, to really focus on your own mental health? So even before the pandemic, okay, and more so since the pandemic, 
uh, we've known, you know, mental health affects your physical health. And in many cases, we see uh, uh, students, patients coming in with uh, sleep disorders, mm -hmm. with different other physical complaints for which there is no clear biological or biochemical reason. And so, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a problem with the uh, stomach or a problem with, with pain or discomfort in muscles, there, there's a whole multitude of, again, physical complaints that can manifest because of mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, uh, you know, again, one's mental health starts affecting their relationships with people right. and their interactions with others. And then finally, you know, it, it definitely impacts your productivity and the quality and quantity of what you do. And so when you look at it, when you look at the holistic, you know, need of a person, uh, mental health is as important as physical health. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think that it's one of those topics that maybe can be scary to bring up and talk about, I think, especially in, you know, college aged men. Yeah, I think it's almost taboo. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's um, that's what I was thinking, too. So I think, you know, starting off this conversation of, you know, why why are we talking about this? Why is there such a thing as Mental Health Awareness Month, I think is a good starting point. Yeah. Um, and so, Taylor, I would love to hear, you know, from your perspective as you know, a young professional who's had several different roles. You've been to grad school. You've, you know, graduated from a four-year university. What does mental health mean to you? Goodness, that is a large question. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it a is. gorgeous question. <laughs> uh, I think Dr. Cam definitely hit it with it's a very holistic effort of just trying to make sure that we're taking the best care of ourselves. And, and sometimes that does mean doing the hard work, right. uh, getting down and dirty with it. Um, and, and I do therapy every week. Um, just to kind of be able to maintain my mental health as well as trying to incorporate other things as well with yoga and, and trying to journal and, yeah. and make sure that I'm, I'm trying to take care of myself uh, so that I'm, I'm hitting all the boxes that I can hit as much as possible. Right. Uh, there are definitely still weeks <laughs> that are hard as hell. Absolutely. Um, and so finding some of that grace too. So that mental health uh, for me definitely means giving myself grace and, and trying to be the pal that I wish that my brain was to me sometimes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And I know that, you know, you and I have had mm -hmm. multiple conversations about, you know, giving yourself grace. And I think that that is such um, a wonderful thing to remember that it is a journey. Mental health is a journey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I love that you are in therapy every week. Um, so I would love, you know, talking about therapy in Dr. Cam's opinion, what is the importance of therapy? Um, and, and why, why is that a good thing to look into? We counsel people all the time about their weight, about their blood pressure, mm -hmm. about their diet, all that. We can just as easily counsel about, again, mental fitness and yeah. their ability to approach that. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think it's important because when people acknowledge and seek out therapy, then they're acknowledging, look, you know, I need professional assistance in an effort to make myself the best version of myself mm -hmm. that I can be. And, you know, we all generally want to do that in, in various aspects. And this is no different. Mental health is just as important, like I said, as physical health. Yeah, no, definitely. And you, you kind of brought up that, that mental fitness. Um, and one of the things that I think with therapy is that it's 
Super important to get an outside perspective on the way that you're feeling. Um, being surrounded by friends and family is fantastic. And, and having a support group to talk to is amazing to have. Mm -hmm. But also having that that outside voice of where you can have a conversation, talk about what's bugging you and, right. and, and really focus on some of the things that internally you just don't know how to understand. And, yeah. and, and so having that outside perspective really gives you an insight of, is, is this irrational or is this irrational? Is this something that I'm only focusing on with mm -hmm. emotions and, and not logic? And, yeah. and so having that, that therapy session, I think is super important. And, and I recommend even people who don't believe that maybe they, they suffer from any type of mental health issues or anything like that, they should still go to therapy. And I think everyone has problems or issues or For things sure. they just need to talk through. And, and I think that's why I think it's so important yes. to, to go to therapy. For sure. For sure. And I think that it's important to know um, and remember that you you don't have to go, you know, like every single week. Right. You know, you can go as you need it. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I'm doing right now mm -hmm. is, you know, there was a patch of time there that it was really rough for me. Yeah. And I was going on a weekly basis. But now I've kind of pulled back from that and just going on a, you know, a, a need basis, sure. basically. So it can be whatever, whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Um, and Jaron, uh, he is actually starting therapy. Yeah. Don't you have your first appointment today? Yeah, I have. That's I, awesome. Uh, I have my first uh, session today. Um, but again, and like Mike, like you said, Mike, it's, I, I mean, I've got, I've got a history with, with suicide. I, I've talked about that before. Um, I'm very open about it, but lately, like I've, I, you know, I, everyone has highs and lows. Yeah. Lately sure. I've noticed I've, I've been, had some really high highs and some really low lows. Um, but, but I've, I've felt fine for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I recognize that I just am in a really high high. Like, I don't know what I'm going to feel like next week. Right. Sure. So I decided, I was like, you know, I'm just going to start therapy just as, as a proactive approach, right? Like, I know that there is an important an importance in like talking to someone. Yeah, for sure. And even if I'm feeling all right, like, I might not be feeling well in a week. And sure. then and then, it's, and then it could be too late. Right. Like, so it's, it's very much, again, not necessarily a reactive thing too, but just a pr proactive, in my opinion, of, you know, let's just talk through things and, and see where we're at with, with life and everything going on around us. Absolutely. Yeah. And so Jaren, since you're in the spotlight and, and really kind of being the, the first time going to therapy and things like that, what, like, what expectations do you have of, of going to therapy and what are you looking to get out of it? Cause I think going into therapy, you, you need to have some type of possible outcome in your head of, of what am I trying to achieve? You know, that is the same question that as I was calling around places to figure out where my insurance would work <laughs> yeah. and all that, they ask like, what is your goal? Um, and I thought about that. I just, I, my goal is maintaining a positive outlook. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I just know that I want to, I want to have the expectation of like, that I can maintain and, and know how to maintain this positive right. uh, mental space that I'm in. Um, because I don't want to get to the point where I, I was three, four years ago. Um, and I, I have felt myself getting there mm -hmm. in, in recent months. Mm -hmm. And so it's very much a, let's just figure out tips and tricks on how to like do that. I, I mean, I take daily, daily medication mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't as all mm -hmm. medications are, do. Um, but I just, it, again, it's just one of those things I, I want to know how to help myself um, on the, in those moments when I can't when I, when I don't think that I can help myself. Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So Dr. Cam, we didn't mention it in the bio, but you serve on Lambda Chi Alpha's board of directors, the Grand High Zeta. Um, and, and so one of the things that I think you serve such a, a significant role is, is you are able to give an outlook 
of the college student on the college campus and what what's some of the things that that you're seeing at, at, at the university uh, that you work at so from your perspective what are what are some of the things that that you're seeing and, and, and even kind of talking about your role on the board and, and how can you help Liam Dekai with, with your experience and knowledge and all the things that, that you are working on? So that's exactly right. I think that one of the uh, great values that I add to the Grand Zeta is that I am on the daily front lines of mm-hmm. uh, seeing and working with uh, college students and their families. Um, because many times, some of them, their families would clearly get involved uh, in what's going on. And what we've been seeing, you know, especially this last year, is that there was such a relatively sudden disruption in people's routines, Mm -hmm. uh, disruption in their ability to have freedom to interact. Mm -hmm. Some some students had to uh, abruptly go home because their university closed and shut down their dorms and, mm-hmm. right. and, and they had to pack up and head home, families had to adjust to that. And in the process of adjusting to that, some of the families found out that their incomes were impacted mm-hmm. uh, and stuff. So, and all that, again, affects the, the whole uh, unit. And not everybody does well. We've learned that. Not everyone le- uh, does well with remote learning. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we, we heard from a number of students, you know, after a few months who went into remote learning situation was their concern about the quality of their education mm-hmm. and Absolutely. Then the potential financial impact longer term on, on the, their ability to finish their education. Some of them lost internships, some of them lost jobs, some yeah. of them recent graduates had their job offers uh, rescinded. So so it created a tremendous amount of um, stress and emotional feelings. And, you know, I think back last year, uh, around by July or so, you know, the CDC had reported that, you know, suicidal ideation was uh, doubled in young adults. Wow. And, uh, the uh, incidence of depression was mm-hmm. had increased fourfold, and the, inc- the incidence of anxiety had increased threefold. So here we were dealing with a virus and its effect on on uh, physical health, but we quickly had to realize what the impact was going to be and is on mental health. For sure, for sure. Um, and so I think that you know bringing up the pandemic and quarantine and, you know, virtual learning and everything like that. I think it's easy to also talk about uh, burnout. Yeah. And Zoom fatigue. Yeah, exactly. And mental burnout. Um, And even, you know, not in the middle of a pandemic. That's a very real thing. So I would love to go around and just see, you know, what you guys do to um, to help yourself when you know that you are burning out. Um, So, Taylor, why don't we start with you? Yeah. When I feel myself start to burn out, I genuinely try to take quick stock. I will try to write out everything that I need to get done first just to get it out of my brain and set aside. Usually if that has to do with just like errands or chores that I just need to do personally or stuff that I need to do for work, just on paper, out of my head, on something else. And then I can kind of try to take stock and listen to my body a little bit Mm -hmm. on what I think I need next. So sometimes that's a nap, very rarely, but sometimes it's a nap. (laughs) Um, otherwise it might be a quick run or maybe I need to go take 
a walk outside or go call a friend or FaceTime someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really just kind of depends on the moment and what I need to do for myself in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Mike? Um, so, yeah, I, I think what Taylor said is important because there isn't one solution. And I think it depends on what your what the anxiety may be or, or what you're feeling at, at that moment. So, yeah, I mine would differ from going to the gym to playing a video game to just maybe being by myself and kind of recharging for for yeah. a bit. And, and that could be a nap. It could be just literally reading a book or, or watching Netflix, whatever it may right. be. But it's one of those things where um, it, it depends on what it is. But for, for burnout in general, I usually try to just separate myself from what is stressing me out or what is making for me sure. anxious. And if that's a a task at work or an assignment for for something I'm working on, I'll just do something else for a little bit, whether right. it's get up and, and walk around and have a conversation about something else or, or just focus on a different assignment, whatever it may be. And so that's really what I do for burnout. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Jaren? Um, So that's like Mike said, I, I it very, it very much depends on the context of what I'm feeling burnt out with. Um, lately, uh, I've, I've gotten really good at compartmentalizing. Mm, and yeah. so saying like, okay, if I'm really burnt out from, from work or I'm really burnt out with, you know, I just moved uh, a couple of weeks ago. Moving is very overwhelming. Yes. I've, I've, I hate uh, doing it. I've yeah. moved almost every year since I've been <laughs> in Indy and I've been here for going on seven years. Yeah. It, uh, it is not fun. And it's actually the first time I've lived alone since mm. like my sophomore year of college when I was an, an RA. So it's, that's living like that is very much different than living mm-hmm. like as, as alone as an adult. Yeah. Right. And so I've had to you know, pack and reorganize and clean my entire apartment by myself, which was very tedious, right? Like everything like obviously has its place. Mm-hmm. But um, so when I was feeling overwhelmed during that, like I would, I would either stop, you know, packing and it would, it tur- I turned to what could have been three days into three weeks. But um, <laughs> again, it was, I knew that I would get overwhelmed and burnt out and would not be great. Yeah. Um, so in those times, like I, I turned to work, like I would just sit there on the couch and, you know, send a couple emails or respond to some emails, just make sure I was, I was on top of things, knowing that these, like there, there was the ebbs and flow of, Mm -hmm. you know, I I took a day off work so that I could move. Well, then Mm -hmm. I got behind and then it just, sure. But also video games. I, I've (laughs) played a lot of video games lately. Um, but so all of my best friends live, uh, three hours away. And so one of the one thing that we can all do to like actually hang out, like they're all in the same city. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm the one who's, who's distant. Um, video games is the way that we've been able to communicate and mm-hmm. actually like engage in things together right in, sure. in the moment um and so i turned to that as a way to like shut off everything going on in indianapolis where i'm at and just focus on this video game that i'm playing with my best friends um and so really it's the, that back compartmentalization is what really helps me with burnout yeah yeah no i think that's a great point um and you know i think that you bring up another great point of you know having those people that you can turn to when you're feeling burnt out. So Dr. Cam, um, in your opinion, what can maybe our brothers, maybe just college students in general, how can they utilize that support system when they are feeling that burnout? You know, well, first of all, again, I always get back to, you have to acknowledge or know that you are starting to feel that Mm -hmm. burnout. Yes. If you don't acknowledge it, then you you don't feel the need to do anything about it. Right. And I can tell you that, you know, myself, I I had to acknowledge that it was happening. Um, Yeah. So so the first thing is to acknowledge it. The second thing is to realize you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Yes. And 
And the people around you are at various ranges or stages of that process. Mm-hmm. Some aren't or, or because they've already addressed it. Some, some are, you know, haven't reached to your level, but you're in the range. And I think once you start realizing that, then you start using what has been working for other people. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I heard Mike say, you know, Netflix. Well, it may yeah. be Netflix, but you know what? I've ran out of movies. I will tell you that part of <laughs> my room, even with the pandemic, um, I had I'd heard of, but never saw the series Breaking Bad. I mm-hmm. binge watched it. Oh my gosh, it's fantastic. Ryan. Yes. I binge watched Game of Thrones. Uh, also fantastic. All of these things <laughs> that I had heard about, but never actually ever saw an mm-hmm. episode. Right. But that didn't happen until later last year because for the first, you know, six, eight months or so, I was binge reading everything you can find on COVID mm-hmm. all over mm-hmm. the world. So I was reading right. data from China, from Italy and Europe, and from from um, from the United Kingdom, from the United States, all parts, just because this was unprecedented. There was right. so much un- unknown, and uh, people were relying on me to give advice and counsel and decisions on things that there just wasn't uh, scientific data available. Mm-hmm to 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 give on so you know so back to 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 what we were talking about you know um i think that early on in the pandemic i encouraged people to have a closed pod social group Mm -hmm. uh that can cook together Mm -hmm. eat together you know talk together uh watch um uh, uplifting and or uh, knowledge educational things. Mm, you know, yeah. I even challenged a few people to say, look, you know, this pandemic will eventually uh, decrease and travel will increase. So, you know, pick a country somewhere in the future that you want to go and learn about its history mm-hmm. and learn about its culture mm-hmm. and start learning its language using one of the free apps. And put a goal for yourself that you're going to do this, Yes, you know, at that point in the pandemic. And, you know, again, it gives you a focus and a capability to get totally immersed in a, in a goal that yeah. is realistic, practical, and you feel that you're adding value and taking yourself out of your daily routine right. or, or the stressors that are causing you to get burnt out. No, I think those are a lot of great points. And, and yeah. you, you pointed out two different things that I wanted to touch on real quick is the first thing you said is at the beginning of the pandemic, you really started focusing on the data and, and understanding everything about of COVID. And, and I don't know if most people know this, uh, but Dr. Cam has, has some interaction with Dr. Fauci at some point. And, and so so they, they he's had that interest in, in that thing. So he did what interested him. And, and right. sure, he's a doctor, but I'm glad that you're interested in medicine as a doctor, right? Yes. Like that that is always helpful to know that your doctor is, is also interested in what they're doing. Right. And the other part you brought up is is having that close social circle. And and I've talked about this on many podcasts, but we are a brotherhood for a reason. These people should be your go-to people that you go to when you have problems. And if you can't talk to them, then then I think you might want to rethink what brotherhood means to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because these should be those people that you go to with anything, no matter what it is. And you right. should feel comfortable to have a conversation on mental health or sexual health or anything like that. These should be those go-to people for you. And so I agree, having that support system is, is amazing. But kind of transition into that next topic, 
Why is it so hard for, for college age men to, to have these conversations with their, their brothers, the mm -hmm. people that they're supposed to have these conversations with? And Dr. Cam, what are your thoughts? Also being a former alumni advisor, high pie, what, what are some of those things that you're seeing? You know, guys by our nature don't like to uh, feel we're vulnerable. We are brought up to, to, to uh, not accept vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be tough. You don't cry. You suck it up, you know, brush it off, whatever it is. And, you know, to some extent, that's how we're programmed. Um, but the reality is we, we need to remember our hu humanism and our humanity. Yes. And, uh, you know, for many of us uh, in our lives, we create relationships through communication. Mm -hmm. And for many of us as guys, we create our relationships through team approaches. That's why we play team sports. That's why we play travel this and travel that and, right. and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, we may be an individual or part of a member. And in the case of a fraternity, we're part of something, a group that's bigger. You know, we have to use just like, you know, we want to win the soccer game mm -hmm. or the soccer regionals or championships or whatever. And it takes a team to do it. It takes a team also to to win in your life. Mm -hmm. yes. None of us get to where we are <laughs> by ourselves. So we may, true. We may put in our individual efforts, but at the end of the day, you know, people have helped us get there and we have helped others get there mm -hmm. too. Absolutely. And, and if we take that approach and understand that, you know, communication is key, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, you know, having uh, engaging a team to help us get there, uh, whether it's team parents, team friends, team brothers, whatever it is, you know, we need to use our our um, we need to use all of uh, all of these uh, positives that could help us so that we get to the place where we want to be in life. Right, right. And. I love that of, you know, it's a it's a team, mm -hmm. you know, and, and like Mike was saying earlier, you know, it's a team, it's a brotherhood. You know, these are the people that you can lean on. Um, so, Taylor, I would love to know from your perspective, you know, as a brother, now as a, um, a, a team member of the office of administration, how can you support your friends um, and those people on your team? Oh, that's such a good question. I think genuinely letting them know that you're available mm -hmm. or that you're you're there. And and sometimes that comes about where I just will message someone as they come to mind. Yeah. So I if someone just pops into my head, I will just shoot them a message to say, hey, I love you. Yeah. Or, hey, I was thinking about you. Um, and just kind of offering that space for them. Because when you offer that kind of space, that allows for them to then open up and feel that they they have that area that they can then chat with other folks and, and know that. And Dr. Kim, you said this earlier, that you're not alone. Um, and I think that's a that's a huge thing to be able to rely on. And um, I actually had a conversation with a friend from from college that we used to rely on each other quite a lot um, for for mental health support. And it just really filled my bucket to be able to have that conversation. And ninety percent of our conversations, I swear, are my therapist and I. Um, and it's basically <laughs> it's a it's a collective of um, <laughs> friends that just really just give our therapist advice to each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I love that, you know, <laughs> we're sharing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was going to say like, because now that you mentioned that Taylor, it reminds me of my, my favorite sweatshirt. It's 
it literally says, make sure your friends are okay. Mm-hmm. Like just little, 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 it's a green sweatshirt, little, little white stitching on, on the like left breast. Um, it not only is it my favorite sweatshirt because it's comfortable as can be, but like <laughs> just the message itself, it's that constant reminder of like, obviously I, I, I try to do the same thing where I reach out to someone like, Hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but also like I wear it because it, it's a reminder for people around me that like, if they see it, they're like, Oh wait, like, Right. Have I checked on my friends lately? Because <laughs> um, it's as simple as that. Just sending that that check in like, yeah. hey, I'm thinking about you. Thinking about you. Hope Love you're doing you. all right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that brings up a good point about, you know, being vulnerable with other people. Um, and, you know, how how do we have those vulnerable conversations when it comes to brotherhood? Um, Taylor, I would love to hear your thoughts and maybe we'll move over to Dr. Cam after that. Yeah, I think that there's Definitely this idea that we can only be vulnerable during pre-initiation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we we get to pre-initiation and we're, we're having this expectation that everyone is, is on board and ready to just kind of spill their guts. Um, and that can't really happen if we don't start to create those spaces earlier on. Right. Um, and so I think it's also just being, I think Dr. Cam said something similar earlier, just being honest with yourself first and acknowledging that there is something going on. And right. I think that's the biggest thing and being able to know and acknowledge and, and feel something is different. Um, and then being able to communicate that it doesn't need to be clean. There's no right or wrong way to communicate that you're not yes. maybe feeling the best. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. Truly just, just try to get it out as, as much as you can to someone that you trust and you know, will will hold on to that information. And, and one of the favorite things that I've, I've heard recently is what's said here stays here, but what's learned here leaves here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I love that. yeah, being able to, to, to know, understand and, and go to someone, you know, and love and trust and, you just got to take that chance. Yeah, definitely. And before we ju- jump to Dr. Cam, I think Taylor brought up a good point is that there's no right or wrong way to express how you're feeling. But when you start getting vulnerable with with the people who are close to you and, and you can start picking up signs so you can start seeing that somebody is maybe not having a great day right. without them having to tell you. And so you can kind of just tailor the way that you are conversing with them or just kind of being around them. You can mm-hmm. kind of support them without having to have a conversation because sometimes you don't want to talk about it. But right. but just knowing that the people are around you and there to support you, I think is super helpful. Usually with young women, you say, you know, how are you doing? You know, and they'll come right out and tell you what they got <laughs> yeah. to tell you. Can't okay? confirm. <laughs> um, but not, not, not as guys. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, going off of that um, and starting to have these vulnerable conversations, um, you know, we, we want to be there for our brothers. We want to be there for our friends. But I guess my question is, where do we draw that line? You know, where is it where we can't, you know, we've done all we can. Mm-hmm. Maybe they need to see a professional at that time. You know, what what does that look like for each of you? Um, and, and what do you think that kind of that line is? Taylor, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I uh, actually had a I'm going to call it an opportunity. I had the opportunity to set some boundaries um, with a friend that was calling me almost every day mm-hmm. and, and sometimes several times a day yeah. um, to, to talk about their personal issues. And so I think when it starts to get to the point where they're treating you as a therapist yeah. um, is kind of the line that I, I began to draw. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because um, it was no longer healthy for me. And then I was taking on their emotions, their experience. Right. Right. Um, and so being able to kind of know when to, to set those boundaries. And so that's the, the best yeah. example. Yeah. Because I mean, that's not, that's not fair to either of you, no. you know, because this friend isn't getting the support mm-hmm. that they probably need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's putting a lot on you. 
to try to take all of that on plus all of, you know, everything that's going on in your life. So yeah, I, I, I like that answer a lot. So I, I think Taylor touched on it is, is there's two barriers that need to, to, to be established. The first one is with yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that you are emotionally available for somebody first of all. Yes. And when that availability isn't there, you need to be able to articulate that to somebody and say, Hey, I just, I may not be the right person right now to, to, to assist you. I'm kind of going through my own things. Right. So this, this conversation just it maybe not, not the best time. Sure. And, and I think the second barrier is when you start feeling uncomfortable with the conversation that you're having, mm-hmm. or you feel that you need to reach out to somebody because your brain knows when, when something's not okay and, and you have reached your capacity to assist. Yep. Um, and and I, I've had a few examples. Uh, one was, was a chapter brother when, when I was an undergraduate who um, was, was drinking excessively. And, and, and then the conversation of, of suicidal ideation came up. And, and so at that point, that was the, the activating point for me. To, and I had a conversation with the other friend who was in the room at the time. We, we were texting back and forth and we came to the consensus while we were having these conversations that we needed to call medical professionals. Yep. They came, they picked up this individual, uh, this individual went, went to, to rehabilitation. Um, and, and so that was a, a very difficult opportunity at the time, but it was one that needed to happen. And yep. I, I realized in that moment that I was no longer capable to assist. And I did the necessary steps to get that individual help Absolutely. instead of saying, I just can't help you anymore. Right. So, right. so uh, w- realized it and found what the next step was. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, like I said, like you want to be there for your brothers, you want to be there for your friends. Um, but yeah, I think you're exactly right of realizing when it's past you, Mm -hmm. you know, when your help is not, you know, it's not getting it right. And you need to take that next step and and help them get to that next step. Mm -hmm. Um, so Dr. Cam, what, what advice do you give, you know, our men or, or students that you interact with on maybe dealing with a friend um, that is, you know, past, past their help. Okay. So first thing is to realize is that not everyone needs a therapist, not everyone needs a trained professional. The next thing to realize is that, you know, unlike myself, most, most, most of the the guys in this situation, you are not a trained mental Mm -hmm. health professional. Yes. So, so once you come to that conclusion, I think that once people realize that, you know, despite our uh, communication and interaction, um, a person's anxiety or depression is continuing to escalate or spiral, as the case may be, um, then, and, and if, you know, they're getting into uh, dark spaces that uh, that they're verbalizing and they're consistently starting to verbalize. It is no question time for a new intervention and a new intentionality uh, to, to take place. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, many times before you have the actual discussion, you can take time to go ahead and quickly investigate what is available for that person or the how to do it because some of them, it will be their first time uh, looking towards a mental health professional. So so you can actually have those, you can can help them uh, by not, in some cases, burdening them to try to figure out how to get there. Yeah, exactly. Help guide the way along the process. And again, um, I feel like that's something 
that we can all do in helping others. But but realize when it gets to the point where this person is persistently dysfunctional, spiraling or escalating, uh, despite you know uh, your ongoing communication and efforts, you need to know your limitations. It is time for an intervention yes. and time for someone who's uh, professionally trained mm-hmm. to get involved. Right. No, and you bring up a good point because um, there are times where you can cause more harm than help if yep. you try to take on this role of a medical professional when you do not have those credentials. And Correct. so that that just want to stress how important that is to make sure that you are seeking the proper help and in, in knowing that you, what your limitations are. So I, I think you're, that was a, a very great point, Dr. Cam. And, and so I kind of want to transition into talking about kind of maybe some personal experiences. Um, You can share as little or or as much as you want, totally up to you. Um, But I I was going to start and kind of talk about some of the things as as far as like internally that used to really stress me out and and really make me anxious and and really um, increase depression that I was having. And and I, I, I I care a lot about people that that is, that is something I do. I I really focus on other and other individuals in my life. And so that's great except when that starts causing me issues. Mm-hmm. And when I'm, I'm putting all my emotional energy into somebody else, I have none for myself. And it, it internally just continues to break me down. Yeah. Um, and so in college, one, one my best friend told me when, when he was sitting there one time, because I was kind of just having a conversation with him, and he quoted Dr. Seuss, and he said, be who you are, say what you feel, because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. And, and that, that was something to me that just has stuck with me. And I love sharing it because it's true. The people who care about you and love you and who are around you on a day to day basis love you for who you are um, and are willing to have those conversations. And and they're willing to talk you through some things and don't be embarrassed to talk to them because they are that person for you and, and they care. And the people who don't care about you. Um, you don't need to worry about them because they don't matter in the grand scheme of things. They shouldn't, they have no, when you wake up the next day, they have no impact on them. You have no impact on you from them. So they're just not important. So that's just one of the things that I like sharing because it is important to me. It was a lesson that I learned and, and that I always have to keep reminding myself, um, Taylor actually, Taylor Kravis actually got me a little a thing that I have hanging in my office that has that exact quote mm-hmm. um, because I shared that a while back. And it's just, once again, just something that I, I love preaching. I think Dr. Seuss nailed it on the head with it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of what I wanted to say. And so, Taylor Kravis, what are your thoughts? Personal, personal stories, personal thoughts, um, experiences, anything like that? Yeah. Um, most recently, um, I went through a mildly arduous process to, to get, um, tested for ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been going to therapy for about three years now. Um, I, I'm diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, PTSD from a sexual assault, um, and now ADHD. Um, so <laughs> we've had a really good time. It's been about three months of, of kind of working through that process. Um, and getting, what was really cool about it is that they got peer evaluations, um, from other folks around me. And so while it took a while to get it done, I was happy to have it done and have it done in a way that has been like very intentional, very much like has being spread out also was very helpful Mm -hmm. um, as it was basically going into a secondary therapy session, except I immediately had to divulge a lot of more deep rooted things to someone that I don't know as well, Mm -hmm. um, as this was not my normal therapist. Right. Um, And so that, that made it a little bit easier to work within that process. 
um, and, and, and to work with getting the diagnosis. And now I actually have a psychiatry appointment in the next month um, to work on talking to them about how that will interact. Um, if I do go on medication, how it will interact with my anti-anxiety medication mm -hmm. um, that I'm currently on. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it, I don't know the point exactly, um, but if people <laughs> make fun of you and say that you might have ADHD and you don't know how to sit still all the time, um, you can always talk to a therapist <laughs> potentially yeah. is my reason. No, I, I think you, you brought up a lot of good points That's too of, of kind of your experience, your journey and, and how you continually still take steps to, to, to improve yourself, to improve your mental health, because ultimately you're doing everything for yourself in this, yes. this capacity, which I think is super important. Sure. You can't help other people until you help yourself. And so I think that you, you made a lot of really great points. So mm -hmm. thank you very much for sharing. Yeah. Um, Taylor, how about you go and then we'll go to Dr. Cam. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the one that comes to mind, uh, so before coming back to Lambda Chi, I was in a very stressful job. Um, it was not good for my mental health. I went to therapy mm -hmm. because I was just having so many, you know, anxiety issues. Um, and I started having panic attacks uh, while driving, which is not the most fun place <laughs> no, to probably, have a panic probably attack. Probably not the safest. No. no. Um, and so one one instance really stands out in my mind. It just got so bad that I had to pull over on the side of the road. Um, and I actually called Taylor Krivis and was just in full tears. Mm -hmm. And he talked me through it. Um, he stayed on the phone with me while I took the long way around home. Mm -hmm. um, while I was in the Taco Bell drive-through, <laughs> which was his, which is the best place to have yes, conversations. Honestly. Yes, absolutely. It's a great um, treat. But you know, I it just really sticks with me because I knew I could call him, and I knew that he would be there for me, mm -hmm. and you know, talk me through what I was going through. Yeah, and I appreciate that so incredibly much. And, you know, back to your point, Mike, I know that Taylor cares about me so much he and does. he, he is always in my corner as a friend and I'm going to start crying. <laughs> <laughs> I already am. <laughs> but you know, it, it just, it's so important. And you know, the Dr. Seuss quote, I think I, I absolutely love that because, you know, it, it is so true to find that team, that family, those friends who will always be there no matter what. Mm -hmm. And, that's kind of like what I think about with, you know, these panic attacks that I had been having, you know, they've, they've gotten a lot better, yeah. you know, through therapy and through medication. Um, but I just think about those people who are always in my corner and who mm -hmm. I can call no matter what. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, just I guess my the, the point of that story <laughs> um, is just, you know, finding that support system for you that these are people you can call no mm -hmm. matter what. Yeah. I think that's so incredibly important. Yeah. And those are the people that no matter if you, you are on a high, on a low, mm -hmm. if, if they think you're out of line, whatever it may be, like yeah. they're there to, to, to let you know yes. that this is, this is the best thing. This is the worst thing. Like here, here is where you are. And, and yeah. this is what I'm from an outward perspective or what I'm seeing. Um, so Dr. Cam, personal experiences for you, um, even outside of the role of a physician, like what are yeah. some of the things that you have experienced and, and, from your life and, and what, it, what has helped you um, along the way with your, your personal journey? You know, more than anything that has helped me along my way is uh, connecting with people and developing uh, deep personal relationships. And to be blunt, I saw that, you know, one of the opportunities of this pandemic, and I think some people have taken the opportunity, some have missed the opportunity, it's not too late, okay? Um, but I took it 
as an approach to deepen my relationships mm. with uh, some of my people, including my wife, my children, yeah. uh, some of my friends, but people who, quite frankly, I have not been in touch with uh, mm. in a long time. Yeah. So I made myself a commitment that every month I would reach out to a minimum of five people who I have not spoken to in at least a year. That's well, great. I'm pleased to tell you that I've, I've, I've accomplished that. And it nice. went from five to seven and seven to 10. <laughs> that's and awesome. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Ongoing. And, and we rekindled relationships that were important all the way back to college and med school and you know, uh, high school all the way through, wow. uh, rekindle relationships and friendships and developed a deeper understanding of, of each other. And that has really helped me uh, again through this whole pandemic. Mm -hmm. I, I took basically, as they say, you know, when, when you're given lemons, you make lemonade. Mm -hmm. I, I made sure I made a lot of lemonade. So, <laughs> um, um, that has helped me tremendously Yeah, um, because I also got to be able to understand that people in other parts of the world who I reached out to uh, were having similar issues mm -hmm. or they were in a different continuum of, of, of the issues I was having or, or, or we were having. Mm -hmm. And so it, it really helped tremendously. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that's fantastic. So what I want to do, let's wrap it up. Let's go around the horn. Biggest takeaways, Jaron, go. You know, that's tough because we talked a lot of, about a lot of really good things. We did. Um, I just, I, I think that uh, the biggest takeaway, and I'm sure I've said it before, uh, that I had is that, you know, mental health and taking care of your own mental health is not a one size fits all approach. Yeah. There are different solutions for different people. This, what works for you now might not work for you in a month. Mm -hmm. What worked mm -hmm. for, for you a month ago, like, might not work in three months. Like, it, it, there's so many ebbs and flows that, like, the biggest thing to me is being adaptable and knowing when it's the right time to reevaluate that, mm -hmm. you know, a change might need to make, might need to be made. Definitely. Yeah, that's great. Taylor Weitzer. Um, so I think um, something that Dr. Cam said in the beginning of this conversation that really stuck with me is mental fitness. Mm -hmm. And I think that resonates with me because I am big into, you know, physical fitness and like working out and running and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's the same, you know, you have to work on that mental fitness and work it like a muscle almost um, and keep, you know, keep going, keep working. Um, and I think I said this earlier, but like it, it is a journey, you know, and it's not you taking one day and doing all this stuff and be like, OK, well, that's good for today. Yep. I'm going to take some time <laughs> off. You know, I think it's a, a continual journey yeah. and continually working on yourself. And, you know, like Jaron said, like knowing what you need. Um, and that might be different in, you know, week by week or month by month. Um, so really just working on that mental fitness, um, I think it's so important and, and what really stuck with me. Definitely. Thank you. Taylor Curvis. Taylor too. I think with like unlearning and like trying yes. to build new, more positive pathways in your Absolutely. brain is like, oh, such a difficult <laughs> and beautiful thing to mm -hmm. do. Yes. Um, my, my biggest takeaway I think is next time someone asks you how you are, give it like two, three seconds and genuinely yes. think about it. Yeah. Like, how am I? Really? <laughs> yeah. um, am I okay? Yeah. Um, and then give them a, a more genuine answer. And right. And, and so it's okay to kind of, kind of let people know. Right. Yeah. It, it is okay that. to have a bad day. It is yes, okay. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. We have, we don't have to be fine all the time. No, no, no you don't. <laughs> and I'm not. Yeah. 
Dr. Cam, biggest takeaway. No, it's okay to have a bad day. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it okay. It'd be, it'd be a, I'd have a really rough day. <laughs> right. Uh, so, um, you know, but again, the biggest takeaway is uh, your mental health and fitness is as important as your physical health. Mm-hmm. Um, that not everyone needs a trained professional, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. all of us need people who care. Yes. This is not uh, this is not uh, something you have to go through alone. Uh, you know, a team works. And like I said, the team could be made up of so many different entities. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, this you, you just like you do with physical exercise, you will develop resilience. Mm-hmm. You will develop life experiences. And based on those, you will draw from them and you will become the person that you want to become, okay? Uh, But you're gonna have to uh, be willing to work at it and have others help you get there. Definitely. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. And so final thoughts from me is, and and I think everyone has touched on this in some capacity, but there are people in your corner. Don't ever forget that. And it may feel like that there isn't. What I would tell you to do is think back to the last time that you laughed. Look to your right and look to your left. Those are the people who are in your corner. Those are the people who care about you um, and really are there to make sure that whatever you need, you have. Um, so when when it feels like there's not somebody there, think about that because there is. There are people who love you, care about you through thick and thin and will be there for you in any capacity that they can. So that would be my closing thought. Beautiful. Thanks. (laughs) Um, So I want to thank Dr. Cam and Taylor. Thank you guys so much for being here on the podcast today. I think we covered so many great topics and and just the opinions that you both have had, I think are going to be so helpful for our membership. So I, I want to thank you both for being here today. Yes. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation. So Taylor, I think we had a really good conversation. Dr. Yes. Cam, um, I, I had some experiences with him when I first worked with mm-hmm. for Lambda Chi Alpha as I was a consultant. Yeah. Um, there was medication that I just was unable to get while I was traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I visited the Auburn chapter when, when Dr. Cam was there and he, he helped me out. Oh, um, nice. and, and so he, he's been such a good resource for me and yes. an asset. So I'm so glad that we had him on the podcast today. Me too. I know we went around, we did kind of what our, our favorite takeaways were. Right. Um, but Taylor Krivis, talk to me. Um, what is what is the message that we're, we're trying to give with this podcast and, and, and how can somebody be helpful during Mental Health Awareness Month? Yeah. I think ultimately that you deserve love. You deserve people that love you. You deserve to feel like you are the person that you want to be and the person that you are, kind of like Dr. Cam talked about at the end. Um, I think we're all very deserving of of beautiful things in life and surround yourself with gorgeous humans that will help you achieve those things and reciprocate it as much as you can while also taking care of yourself. And that's all we can try to do in life. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. How about you, Mike? Um, Be open and willing to have conversations with the people that you love and care about. Yeah. Um, You call them friends, you call them brothers, but if you can't have a open, honest conversation with them, I would tell you to rethink what your relationship is with them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so be willing to have those open, honest conversations. And sometimes they're tough. Sometimes they're not the easiest conversation to have, but you still need to do it because you care about them. Yes. So I would say that would be mine. Yeah. I love that. Jaron? It... So kind of bouncing off what Mike said, it is okay to, when you have those conversations, like if you think that someone's close to you, that you're close with someone and, and you're having that open conversation and you just don't feel like 
they're um, respecting your feelings or um, they might be downplaying how you're feeling, then newsflash, they might not be great friends. I've, I've seriously, like, I, I've had this conversation recently with, with a few people, but like I've, not, I don't want to say cut people out of my life, but I've like, I, mean, I have cut people out of my life, <laughs> but um, I've looked at people who I, who I, I was great friends with in, in college per, per se or, sure. yeah. or high school and realized that like, yeah, we'll be acquaintances. Like if I see you like at, at a wedding mm-hmm. or sure. at a public event, like I'll say hi, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll ask how you're doing just as a broad, like those, those cordial little conversations. But like, I might not text them regularly. I might not ask to hang out just because I realize like they're, they're just not good for me in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. Yeah. Like as you grow and develop as an adult, as a college student, whatever, like some people that you might have now might not be there and that's okay. Yeah. It's Definitely. all about what's going to be best for you long-term. Right. Right. And I think that, um, you know, that's a great point. And for me personally, that has been something that I've struggled with mm-hmm. of, you know, maybe growing apart from friends that I've had in maybe college or high school or, or what have you. Um, and just knowing that, you know, like Jaren said, like, that's okay. Um, and you'll still have those core group of people, um, that like we've said, you know, are mm-hmm. always in your corner. You can call at the the drop of a hat, Sure. you know? Um, but yeah, I think that that as, you know, as college um, age individuals and maybe young professionals after graduation, that's hard to deal with. And that's that's super um, hard to come to that realization that some people that you've had in your life may not be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's okay, you know? That's okay as you grow as a person to make that realization, do what's best for you. Um, and the people who are there for you and along that journey with you, um, they're gonna be the ones that stay. Yep. So, definitely. yeah. Awesome. Um, so, like I said, I think we talked about a lot. Thank you guys for your feedback and, and everything yes. like that. Um, but let's wrap this up. So on behalf of myself, Taylor Jaron and Taylor Crevis, everyone else at the Office of Administration, thanks for listening. <laughs>